Welcome to Building with Brick, Foundational Wisdom on Coaching, Careers, and Christ. This leadership podcast was spawned by Coach Brickner's book, So You Want to Be a Coach, which is the story of a corporate executive who made a drastic career change and became a head men's basketball coach. Dr. Brickner's book is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook on Amazon.com or go to his website, www.drjoebrickner.com. That's drjoebrickner.com. While you're at it, check out Dr. Brickner's new book, America Lost in Place. You can get it in paperback, hardback, ebook, or audiobook on Amazon.com or just go to Dr. Brickner's website. Now, here's this week's podcast. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Joe Brickner. This is Building with Brick. My guest today is Ruth Murray. We're talking about brains and bodies and how the two affect each other. In uh, the end of last session, we talked about maybe having Ruth tell us some examples of successes she's had with clients in using the techniques that we've been talking about. So Ruth, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you tell us about some of the good things that have happened. Okay, well, the range of things that can be helped by this are almost too good to believe. Now, if you have appendicitis, this isn't going to help. But if you have trouble with performance, whether it's writing or throwing a basketball or giving a speech or driving in bad weather or communicating with a boss or learning anything can, or organizing, memorizing, or learning, settling into yourself. Anything can be helped. But I'll tell you a story about a kid who had trouble bonding with his adoptive, adoptive family. He had been in many homes by the time he was three. A lot of things had gone wrong with pregnancy, including a mother who had used way too many chemicals of a big variety. And so he had a lot of issues. I was working on him and then he got kind of overwhelmed and he tunneled underneath the rug in my room, my office. And his mother and I looked at each other and she's, you know, okay, what do you do now? I said, mom, let's have you do some of this. And she says, oh, I practiced this one that you told, told me. I said, okay, let's see it. And she was doing it one way. And I thought, well, let's try it this other way that I think might be more helpful. And she says, oh, she says, this feels like nirvana. And she just laid there for a couple minutes. And within that couple minutes, the rug moved up and he peered out. And a hand peered out. And he felt the difference in his mother. And at nine, he crept out and he looked at her. She sat up and sitting on the floor and he crept into her arms, sat on her lap. She was astounded with joy, cradled him, said, okay, start rocking, start rocking with my my things. He needs to be rocked. He's getting lots of good stimulation on his face because you've got a rough little bit of a rough rough thing so he's getting good stimulation on his face 
And they rocked back and forth and rocked this way and that and that way and that. After he'd had enough of that, he went and he got his mother's vest and he put it on her and he got her glasses and put it on her and got her shoes and put it on her and tied them. And her eyes are getting bigger and bigger. He, she has done so much for him and he's never done anything for her. Mm. And here he is. And the shoes were a big thing. He ate shoes. He hates his shoes. He hates tying shoes. And he was doing all this in service. Went home. Next time he saw his psychiatrist, because he had a lot of professionals he went to, mm -hmm. he says, mom and I share a love bond now mm. at nine. So it helps that emotional maturation and bonding. He could get to that for the first time and not be angry at her and not just see her as the, the, the mom that, that forbade him to have a, a, a fifth hamburger. So this was his reaction was to her doing an exercise that relaxed her. And he relaxed saw her. he had been relaxed and had relaxed enough that he needed to tunnel in and, and think about it a while. <laughs> Felt her relaxed. She was relaxed enough to accept. And mother and son had a bonding moment. Yeah. First time in their lives. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty, that was really cool. So I gave a talk and a mother came and said, I got a kid for you. And she came and she says, I'm a teacher. She was homeschooling. She says, I'm a teacher. Send him to classical conversations, a hybrid school. She says, he is just, he, he can't write. His handwriting is atrocious, but he really can't pay attention. You know, some mothers would say that and they're not too bad. This, this kid was. This kid was all over. I call them popcorn kids. They got so much energy. They're popping off my walls. And he was kind of a popcorn kid. And I said, okay, try and write a, write a sentence or paragraph of what you'd like to do. You like to play ball. So he tried. And every time, if there was eight doors down, if there was a car door slammed, he was instantly on his feet, peering out the, the, the window to see who it was and what was. And it would take him a good 90 seconds to get back down and try and write again. I gave him five minutes. I couldn't take that. All right. That's, <laughs> that's enough of a preview of what you're doing. You know, he was miserable. He was trying, but his body just wouldn't let him. Imagine if you, Joe, had five Red Bulls, yeah. one after the other, yeah, and then had to go to bed. And I said, hurry up because you're going to take the SAT in the morning and you might get a scholarships that pay your way all through college. How much sleep are you, you going to get? And I'm... You got all that fluid, you got all those chemicals, you got all that sugar, you got all that anxiety, you're not going to do anything. And you're miserable trying to get to sleep. This is this kid's life. Mm. So we worked a lot. I did some brain gym, some balavisics, some, some rhythmic movement training. I think those were the only three programs I used. But we worked a good hour, hour and a half. Long appointment. I said, okay. He says, I think that's all the exercises I want to do. I said, fine. Sit down and try and write. He sat down and he started writing. And cars drove by and he wrote. And car doors slammed and birds chirped and dogs barked and he wrote. I took a pen and he wrote. I threw it against the wall and he wrote. I 
picked up little Happy Meal toys and I whizzed them past his head. And he smiled and he wrote, and I'm, oh my goodness. I look at mom, are you seeing this? She's got tears running down her eyes. She says, that's the best he's ever written ever. The thing that made the biggest difference to him that he felt the biggest difference with was an electrical exercise that Brain Gym has. And if you do the pace exercises off the, the thing I gave you, you'll see it where you just put fingertips and thumb tips together, hold it against your, your stomach and just hang there. And he says, that's the biggest thing. I said, well, you do that. And mom went to the classical conversations teacher and said, when he gets rowdy, and there were six boys in that house, that classroom that were really rowdy. When he gets rowdy, just look at him and do this and he'll remember and he'll do it. The classical conversations teacher was in my next class saying, I want that magic. Because when she did this to the kid, the kid did this. And immediately, within 15 seconds, all other six rowdy boys around him calmed down too. Wow. You know, I talked to her five years later and said, can I use your son's story? And she said, yes. But she says, you ought to know that now he's doing Awanas. Baptist Bible study, kids' Bible practice, Bible memorization. He's now a junior leader. If he feels somebody is not learning enough up to snuff, he takes that kid aside and says, let's do some exercises, shows him what he knows so the kid can learn learn and memorize better. <laughs> That's great. That's a great success story. He says it's, it's like the Gospels. If you know something good, you're, you're going to spread the good news. Yeah. How about athletics? Any athletics. Examples? Any examples that you've had working with so, teams or anything? I got to go out to a tiny town and work with a pom-pom squad, a dance squad. These are high school girls who give with their pom-poms and they do dances. I didn't know this happened. I have four sons, but I didn't know this happened, but they've got pom-pom squads. There are competitions with this. And they go to state and this small country, you know, small country town, their class D or whatever it is, division D, whatever it is, they're in the small town thing. Mm -hmm. And they'd never placed anywhere ever. Mm -hmm. My friend had taken it over and said, can you come out and see what you can do? I said, okay. They were learning a new routine and the teacher was taking them through the routine. So they do that little part and then they do that little part said, okay. And take it through the whole thing and show them what the whole thing looks like. And so she took them through three minutes, maybe, of dance. You jump here, you fling your legs that legs this way, your arms this way, this way, twice, and twirl around and spin. You know, it, it was it was very complex. I looked at her and go, okay. That's that's how you do now, girls. And they're, yeah, this was, you know, we're just fucked that they were. Let's do some brain gym. Let's do some rhythmic movement training. They didn't really want to do the rhythmic movement training. They wanted to do the brain gym, but I made them do it anyhow, just because I like it. Probably they were right. They didn't need it. We did half an hour brain gym. And I said, okay, girls, teachers, start them out. And they started them out. And the girls' eyes, as they danced, got bigger and bigger. Nobody stopped. Nobody flubbed. Everybody remembered it all the way through as they danced in unison. Huh. 
And they were just astounded that they could remember all that choreography. They'd just done it once. They went through it flawlessly. So then they had to work on, you know, how big were their kicks or their, mm -hmm. uh, you know, are you staying in the right place with the spin? But they learned the choreography flawlessly and it went so naturally that all the girls were amazed. A year later, I said, uh, you know, somebody said to me, what's brain gym? I said, oh, called one of the girls over. I said, tell her what brain gym is. She says, it's magic. <laughs> oh, that's good. So it helps with that. It helps with academic. I had uh, an OT bring me her kid and she's coming from six, seven hours away. So we did a lot in that first session and the kid had been in the principal's office a couple days a week. Couple couple times a day, sometimes every day, but a couple times a day with explosive temper. I said, okay, we're going to do these exercises and I don't usually do it, but we're going to do these two temper exercises. And so we did it and I looked at him and I said, okay, mom, make him mad. And she looked at me like, oh, you don't want any part of that. I said, no, I'm here to deal with it. Make him mad. I forget what she did, whether she looked at him and said, you poopy face, you're going to fail class or something, whatever. He looked at her and said, mom, I don't think I could get mad anymore. Two weeks later, she's on the phone and said, well, she says he hasn't been back to the principal's office once. Mm. She says his older brother, who's 13, looked and said, mom, could I do those exercises? I mean, 13 year olds, honors classes, competitive ball that's whatever's competitive above competitive. Whatever, he's that they were looking at possible pro ball with him, pro baseball. And he says, it gets awfully stressful. And he says, I don't see why everybody doesn't do these. They are so relaxing. It was rhythmic movement training. And then a month later, I talked to her again. She said, that older kid has come back to me. I have talked, he has talked to me about more things and more important things, in-depth things than he has in the past nine months. Mm. He was calm enough, it helped him mature enough. So this, for the, the, the expense of one appointment, this kid's off Ritalin and off his antidepressant. And his big brother is now capable of talking to his parents, is entering adolescence, capable of talking to his parents about meaningful things. It's amazing. Wow. Can you give us an example of a rhythmic movement exercise that maybe you would use? I'm going to have my husband hold the video because rhythmic movement training is all done on the floor. Oh, boy. On the floor. <laughs> I, I think you ought to put Vanna White on the floor. Well, Vanna White doesn't do them as well as I do them. <laughs> the things I make my guests do. So I'm just pushing off with my feet. Okay. And letting my head rock. This does enormous things for being able to get on elevators and escalators and go up and down stairs. For relaxing. For just a tremendous amount of things. There isn't anything this doesn't help. Now, most people that get on this, when I started this in 2009, about one in three people could not rock their heads. They would do this. Wow. Now I'm down to one in six people can do this. 
five-sixths of the people are doing this. It's taking a lot to get them to understand that your head rocks on your spinal cord like this, and it is not attached to going sideways. We should be able to rock. Okay. Most people cannot. Wow. Now, if you're very, very thin, I've had somebody with 2% body fat. I put them on a massage table on a cushion. I'm carrying my cushioning with me everywhere <laughs> I go. You could put me on a flat floor. Most of, and But if you've got 5% body fat, you might want to do it on a sofa or even in a bed. But for most of us, that's going to muffle the sensory input too much. You want to do it on a floor, on a rug, on an exercise mat. Okay. One of those. Where would people go to find the different rhythmic exercises? That... You can read Movements That Heal by Blomberg and Dempsey. Okay. Uh, that will give you some of them. I've had somebody do them in forget whether they were where they were from Arizona New Mexico and they came up and said so we got the book and we started doing them and I looked at how they're doing them and they said are we doing them right and I'm going never seen them done like that <laughs> the kid had gotten so much benefit that it was a way to do it I said let me show you the, the way that we teach that you're supposed to aim towards Mm -hmm. And that can be done. Uh, it's hard. But I've taught these to people with concussions to very good effect on Zoom and on FaceTime. Really? You can. If somebody is very, very anxious, this doesn't translate well. It's a little like going to confession on Zoom. Just mm, you're missing. You're missing God. Mm -hmm. you're missing the a, a quantum energy kind of thing but I had a mom who was very capable of looking teaching and doing it with a concussed older teenager and got wonderful results that's good to know yeah it's really good to know well, let me throw something out to you then. Uh, you know, in my past life, I was a basketball coach. Yeah. There were uh, certain players that in practice, they were really good. But as soon as they got into a game, they just, they were too nervous. They weren't comfortable. And, and I was kind of a laid back coach. I, in practice, I was strong. and But it was more positive reinforcement. And in games, my whole philosophy was if they didn't learn it in practice, they're not going to learn it in the game. You know, you mm -hmm. teach them in practice and then you just send them out there and then they execute what you practiced. But some kids go out there and they, they're so nervous that they don't execute well. Are there things that you can do, the techniques that you have that might relax someone in that type of a setting? The pace exercises, which I've talked about, Okay. If they can replicate what I just showed them here, okay. this and this are all good starts. But really, it's going to be most effective if you get somebody to look and say, ah, this is where the connections in your body 
in your unconscious and subconscious nervous system are not optimized. Show you exercises to optimize that. And then you won't get distracted because if you're trying to shoot a free throw and you know how to do it, you've done it a lot of times, but now everybody's watching. Right. So now maybe your back is a little hypersensitive or you're distracted by all the noise and that can change your muscle tone right. of how you throw. It can change where your, your muscle tone of the muscles that tell your eyes how far away to look or how close to look or right and left or up and down. So you need to look at them and say, is it that? Is it that your feet haven't learned to be feet yet? When we're first born, we don't know we have feet. No. We're just there. And then we find our feet and mom's going, oh, look, you found your feet. They did put their feet in their mouth. Isn't that cute? That's wonderful. And then they become platforms at the end of our legs. And so when mom holds us up and there, she, there he is, he's kind of standing and she's holding me up. They're just platforms on the end of these, these pillars that you have at the end, at the bottom of your torso. You have pillars at the bottom of the torso. You got platforms to put them on. Eventually, when you first start walking, you tend to be flat-footed. You walk on the insides of your feet. And then you walk on the outsides of your feet. So you're knock-kneed here, you're bow-legged here. Eventually, we learn to walk like this. Mm -hmm. If you're a runner, you're running slowly if you're here and ineffectively if you're here. Right. We, can, we can mature that foot to learn to run like that. And then you're faster and you're more stable when you're trying to throw the ball. Okay. But I would start with all the things I've taught you so far. I would say, okay, practice, show me what it's like and do as much as you can to recreate the game. Yeah. You put on audio of a game. Say, okay, you know, you got to get this because because one behind this is going to put us even. It's going to put us into overtime, you know, and say, okay, and throw and see what it's like. Okay, now do all these exercises. And now we're going to do it again. Put on the audio of the game. One behind, we got, or we're, we're even. This is going to win the game if you can get this. And see what happens. Yeah. yeah. You never know. You'd have been a good assistant coach. That's all I got to say. Oh, I'd have had a lot of fun. <laughs> There's more that I want to talk about. So I'm going to ask you if we can have a, a part three, if that's okay yes, with you. I know that you have developed a pyramid that is yeah. based on Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. And mm -hmm. I actually used that when I was teaching MBA courses and I related it to business. But You've related it to these techniques and things that uh, we've been talking about. So in the next session, I'll let you get up off the floor. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> you can actually pull out your, your pyramid, if you don't mind, and show us what that's all about. Absolutely. I'd love that. All right. Let's do that. Let's take a short break. Thanks so much, Joe.